Hello and welcome to Z Prime on the Grid. I'm your host, Erin Othan. Today, I'm chatting with an energy industry innovator and strategist, Erin Grossi. She's written a paper about digital control systems for electric vehicles and how they are a critical pathway to a fully distributed grid. You can find her paper on our website, zprime.com, and we'll also link it to our podcast show notes. With that, it's time to get on the grid. Hi, Erin. Welcome back to On the Grid. You've been you've been on the grid before, so welcome back. How are you doing today? Thank you, Erin. Um, it's great to be here as always. I appreciate um, being able to talk with you and to release this uh, piece of work that we're going to talk about on distributed intelligence for energy. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic and I'm excited to talk to you about it in particular because I know you're um, very passionate about it and interested in it. Um, so you've written a paper about digital intelligence around electric vehicles and how determining value around EV systems and transactions is really crucial to creating new energy marketplaces, um, among other things that you touch on in the paper. So my first question for you is, you know, why, why this topic? Why were you engaging in it? And what was your experience in researching and writing the paper? Yeah, well, uh, I was really trying to put my finger on the state of load disaggregation or what's being called distributed intelligence today, uh, really five years after the last time I published uh, a piece on it. And, you know, we were speaking with clients uh, in the utility sector, especially about how load disaggregation and DI was really the bridge to the realization of the smart home and the smart grid uh, with connectivity and intelligence that we've been thinking about and, and trying to, to bring around for uh, more than a decade now, I would say. And load disaggregation technology is interesting because it really breaks down the overall electrical load um, that's being used in a home or business uh, down to the product level of usage. So how much is your refrigerator using versus your HVAC and how much is that costing you minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day? Um, and how can you gain sort of more insights and control uh, over those uh, products? So it's really been the you know vision of the technologists like Sans, Vigili, uh, Powerly, you know, to translate that information into more uh, useful recommendations for customers. So from a safety perspective, that could be alerting you to a clogged dryer vent that you might have in your home or you know, to the uh, potential incidence of an arc fault situation in a stove um, and also product level efficiency recommendations. So it can alert you to opportunities to upgrade to LEDs and let you know how much you would save um, or you know, to incorporate a heat pump, things like that. And the progress that these technologists have made since 2018, you know, is interesting. At the time, you know, uh, it was just an idea to move from these sort of private devices, um, like the orange sense meter, for instance, that you can buy, um, have an electrician attached to your electrical mains, and then connect to the app and start to be able to sort of see what's going on in your home. Um, the idea of moving that equipment as more firmware with AI layers, um, using machine learning, et cetera, within the scope of scaled energy equipment was just an idea at the time. You know, they and and you know now 
uh, in speaking with um, Sense CEO, for instance, Mike Phillips for this piece, um, they're indeed incorporated into equipment uh, like Square D Schneider electric panels and Itron meters, Landis and gear meters. And Mike Phillips was pointing out the milestone of a national grid rollout that's taking place right now, uh, which will reach 3 million customers. And you can imagine, you know, a greater percentage of those customers who engage with the Sense app will train that algorithm uh, much more effectively, get computer vision um, and granularity on uh, different load shapes in homes. Um, so that's exciting. You still have to connect or these customers will have to connect their uh, meters to the Sense app through their Wi-Fi. Um, so that's definitely, you know, a behavioral change, but it's interesting. Um, and it struck me in con you know, conversation with him and others that while this is solid progress on what I consider to be sort of the fundamentals of transactive energy systems, um, the progress to date is just not seeming like it's sufficient uh, to meet the upcoming opportunities and challenges um, in distributed energy. And really uh, the biggest of those is harnessing all the electric vehicles that will be coming online. Um, unfortunately, these next generation meters uh, just don't have the compute power, essentially, and processing power to reliably detect EVs today and to measure their usage in homes. Um, and that fact really comes down to more cost, and it's not a matter of capability. So there's market-leading technologists like NVIDIA and Utilidate and others that also work at what we call the edge of the grid uh, near homes and businesses. And they're indicating the need for more GPUs, more CPUs to process data across the distribution system in order to give visibility to the utilities, but also to homes and businesses about how to manage their uh, home energy system. Um, and when you look at kind of the pace of utility uh, adoption today the, with the approvals processes that exist, the coordination that's needed between uh, different parts of the business in order to realize these um, gains, it just doesn't seem to be moving fast enough um, to, to keep pace with the rapidly electrifying transportation sector in the United States. And so what that means is we need private sector to be leaning into this much more. Um, and we need to create commercial space for companies like uh, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, who are already making it a bigger part of their corporate strategies to engage with the energy system. Um, also Schneider, GE, NextEra, those sort of nimble energy service providers, um, Comcast, Verizon, communications media technologists like that, um, auto companies, certainly um, Ford, Honda, GM, others. Uh, I mentioned the technologists like NVIDIA, Utilidata. We need them to be able to have more space at the edge of the grid to experiment and you know, sort of be able to detect um, and harness these different pieces of the distributed system uh, more effectively to create that granularity of view you know, for the utilities to harness. Um, and that's really the you know, rallying cry of the piece. And so you know, private companies, uh, really need to be able to uh, overcome regulatory constraints and be able to focus on digital co connectivity um, of the grid much more readily. And you mentioned that you last kind of wrote about this uh, this topic or something similar to it five years ago. And I imagine the, especially electric vehicle and electrification in general landscape has changed a lot over those last five years. So, so it's interesting um, who, who are you really trying to reach 
with this paper? Um, you know, you've got our Z Prime network here, but are there any particular audiences that that you hope will, uh, you know, will will get to read this? <laughs> I do. I um, well, I, I very much appreciate the Z Prime network as always for um, supporting you know distribution of of the work and and spreading the word. Um, I'm definitely trying to reach you know especially the companies I mentioned just now, um, but also you know there's this broader landscape of uh, energy transition leadership who can see the promise of these electric vehicles and really uh, how much demand will increase you know the amount of flexibility uh, provided to our electrical system but we also see you know, all the challenges if this isn't done correctly so uh, really kind of the message to all these folks is to not sort of sit back and wait for the existing utility model to sort out um, this situation. Uh, we see utilities, especially in different parts of the country that are moving faster on this, like California and Vermont, New York, Texas, even, um, you know, the, the utilities are under a lot of pressure to evolve the way that they uh, do their work. And I work with utility clients who've been pioneering, you know, the the early low disaggregation technology experiments and um, trying to understand how what this technology is going to imply, you know, in terms of changes to their existing architectures and um, legacy systems, and even how the use of this data and how they engage with customers is going to change their relationship with them. So I know for a fact that there's a lot of very intelligent and very um, passionate and well-meaning professionals uh, that are working on this. Uh, it's really just that the 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 encumbrance of the legacy systems that they've inherited, and especially those regulatory systems, mean that uh, you know the private sector it's their time to shine. So, what would you say are your biggest takeaways or the most important ideas for people who are listening today, people who read the paper? What's what are the things that you really want them to remember about this topic? I just feel that over the last few years, um, especially when I've been working broadly across various energy transition goals in the United States and uh, trying to sort out how we can both work against the system and also with the system to create change, I've found myself increasingly focused on e-mobility uh, and especially EVs and being able to harness the power of what are essentially these new electrical loads that are coming onto the system in order to use it as a force to reshape the system broadly. Um, last year, we had 1 million vehicles added to um, the system in the United States. And if the current administration's targets are actually reached for us in the United States, we're going to see 50 million uh, new vehicles and electrical loads coming online in just the next six years. And even if you think it's only going to be closer to half of that amount, it's still a staggering amount of new electrical demand for the system to embrace. Um, but we need the technology in place in order to do that. So if people take nothing else away from anything that I've said or written on this, um, anyone who's working or intends to work on digital communications technology for EVs and related EV equipment today, um, whether that's connections into buildings or you know in vehicle platform systems or 
nascent virtual power plant systems with microgrids that incorporate EVs. Um, IBM came out with a piece recently where they're talking about that broader network infrastructure in and among uh, charging uh, stations and vehicles. Um, anyone who's working on that, is, your work has now become mission critical for the United States really to meet its energy transition goals and to the benefit of the broader society. So if we fail to effectively connect these systems um, and communicate with uh, customers effectively to know when vehicles are coming online much more effectively to anticipate charging needs um, and allow for more transactions to take place within and among this equipment, um, you know, the transition itself is, is not gonna go well. Um, and that makes it, you know, again, mission critical for the United States. The energy system always reflects, um, you know, the, the greater possibilities for the overall economy. Um, you see that in the developed world. It, for certain, you see that in the developing world as well. Your energy system sort of allows and unleashes new economic potential. Um, and so those digital connectivity agents now become really the key uh, force um, for making sure that the energy transition goes well. I like that mission critical call to action and even just so being here, I live in Texas and I think every year for the past at least three years in both the, the summer and the winter, um, we keep setting new demand records for energy. So that's not even considering, you know, the all the new EVs that you talked about about to be coming online. So um, I really appreciate those points. Um, you talk about load disaggregation companies like Sense being important to these digital communications in energy. So what are we learning so far from the experiences of load disaggregation companies um, that are already in the market? And why is that important to focus on? Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And, and definitely a question, I think, as you when you look at the piece, especially if you're um, not really you know close to these issues. But I think of load disaggregation uh, technologists as really laying down the foundational building blocks of a transactive energy or digital energy system. So you can't really transact in anything if you can't quantify something. You know, how much are we talking about? What is the value? What is it? Um, they're really harnessing that intelligence and helping us all get a better handle on really kind of the physics of the energy system at the edge, um, how much energy is consumed by what, when, uh, what's ideal, you know, for the generation source. Um, in fact, in the last five years, even with deployments of, um, again, Sense, Bidley, Powerly, et cetera, um, we've already seen an uptick in the intelligence and the capabilities of different utilities that have taken leadership spots and pioneered this. So, um, Lon Huber, for instance, uh, he's an EVP at Duke, has been involved in uh, regulatory innovation, pricing, um, now runs their overall e-mobility business. He's spoken publicly about how his work with Bidgley and experiments on uh, utilizing that data has allowed him to develop much better policy recommendations, um, different programs that are more effective in engaging customers, getting them to change out um, equipment to more efficient equipment, uh, to, divide, to design better time of use programs uh, for EV drivers, et cetera. Um, uh, but even though, you know, these large strides, I guess, have been made, and especially in the last five years to incorporate the tech into the meters and to engage, you know, more of the customers in a different way, 
uh, it's just my estimation that it's just not moving fast enough at this time to support, you know, this new EV revolution. There's sort of a clash in the timing and the expected uh, timing for for each of these things. And so that means we're going to need more investments in compute and processing power at the distribution side of the grid, the, you know, at the edge of the grid. Um, we need to unleash the power of more AI on the system, which I think so many people have been clued into, especially over the last um, year. Um, we, as a, as a cohort, you know, myself, uh, I led a team um, of people out of Chicago who uh, did a study on you know, just how was the national EV infrastructure looking across the nation and how is that experienced um, from the perspective of real drivers across the nation? What did it mean and what could we learn from the state of affairs today? Um, you know, I did that a couple of years ago and we published on the topic and we spoke, you know, all over the country about it on, you know, pointing out issues of availability of chargers and the problems that would cause even the design of different chargers and, you know, how you might use them. Um, uptime network availability and you know what a pain that is when it goes down and you can't use it or you thought it was available and you know it wasn't you know and the problems that can can come there i think those are circulating more broadly now much more we're seeing that kind of thing in the press and you know definitely more public attention being paid to it um and i think you know, there's policy, um, you know, accelerators like NEVI and uh, the IRA, even different parts of it that are helping fill in that infrastructure need and spur investments in definitely, you know, just sort of meeting the demand, if you will. Um, and now I think we need to kind of focus that energy and that, uh, you know, investment focus on the connectivity issues. So um, gaining compliance, for instance, to ISO 15118.8 um allowing transactions to take place on EV equip EV equipment and to allow that to be sort of reconciled on the back end, much like ATMs, um, you know, that connect charging networks to point of sale systems at retailers, et cetera. Um, you know, these things would be extremely important. I also think about using remote sensing technologies like um, satellite technology or LIDAR, um, you know, to, in order to just get a better sense of where the gaps are in our electrical charging network and system and where ideal placement would be. Um, I think we obviously, as pointed out in the piece, need much better home networks. Um, and compute at the edge in order to allow drivers to sort of, you know, plan for their charging needs in home, um, support wayfinding um, to, you know, where they're going to need charters on their journey out of the home, um, EV detection, measurement, you know, ability to sort of transact or, to, you know, see your way through to transacting even as a home energy system. All these things, you know, these are the critical pieces that are going to need to be unlocked. And so we're working on fundamentals. Um, we need to unlock these things much more quickly. Um, and so I think, again, you know, the, the U.S. government has been very supportive of uh, these efforts and just need to continue to be, need to um, continue more engagement and with the private sector and encourage those coalitions to take more initiative and responsibility for building out the edge. Um, and seeing sort of the, the rewards for doing so. Um, I think there's just so many commercial opportunities. It's like getting out of our own way and making the system work for the, for the society that we are that we're trying to build for tomorrow. It's such a complex system and topic. And I mean, even just, you mentioned AI, I'm sure we could have a whole other 
podcast discussion or you could write a whole other piece just on that. Um, but it is exciting, like you mentioned, the opportunities. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what changes over the next five years from this piece. Um, what what are your final thoughts as we as we sort of wrap up the discussion here? Do you have any any closing thoughts you want to leave with our audience? Yeah, well, I appreciate the time again, Erin, uh, yourself, and, and also Z Prime again for you know circulating these messages. It is a bit complicated, and that's what is continuing. I think continuing the conversation uh, is important. Um, it's certainly complex, but the more that we can kind of understand these things um, from our own experiences within our own homes or as EV drivers, et cetera, we're, we're growing our capacity to understand the opportunities for the system. And again, I come at this largely as an economist, first and foremost, um, but also an, an energy systems uh, expert and innovator that is thinking about this in terms of industrial policy. You know, what, what, how will our digital companies, um, you know, our, our giants be able to build their businesses uh, most effectively in supporting the energy system? Like I say, like the Microsofts and Googles of the world and the innovators of smaller groups, you know, as well that are seeking to become the next giants. I get excited about this, um, you know, especially in just in terms of growth and being able to, you know, bring our engineers together with our scientists, our policy people, um, you know, our technologists and getting them to move in the right direction to make progress for everyone instead of, you know, sort of devolving into, um, you know, more uh, ideological, um, I guess, angst, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> Making making the shift happen, which is a tagline and stole from a company you mentioned earlier, Bidgley. Um, they had a, a presentation at one of our last events. And the, the title was Make Shift Happen. And I think what you're talking about really encompasses that theme in general. Um, I have one final question for you as a friend of Z Prime, you know that our sort of unofficial model motto is love your energy. So what what does that mean to you? What does love your energy mean to you? <laughs> love it. Um, I love it. I love the question. Um, I, I think loving your energy is, you know, for me, uh, is again, seeing the possibilities of it, um, you know, engaging with it. And, you know, not just from the sense of, of managing, I like I say, a home system, putting up panels and uh, putting in a battery and knowing how much energy you're using and storing at every given time. You don't have to be that deep. How about just, you know, a smarter lifestyle within your own home where things happen uh, much more efficiently and effectively and you can live your life um, to a, to its best advantage. And I think that's what the goal is of so many, again, industry players that are working around this space. They come at it from different directions. All of them are seeking to um, help uh, people, customers uh, solve problems and lead a better and more fulfilling life and have more energy at the end of the day. And so, and that's how we've always determined, you know, the state of progress throughout, um, you know, the, the centuries. So, you know, I look back in, you know, the, again, the energy system of the last century really got us where we are today. I mean, we, we wouldn't be, our economy is so determined by that economic strength and, and that energy system design um, and, and what it looks like. And so as we alter the energy system, we're opening up new possibilities for society to grow. And we, we can see that, you know, what's needed today is 
less expansion, but more uh, modulization, personalization. Um, we need more efficiency out of our system. We need more flexibility out of our system. Um, and that's why we work on it the way that we do. So loving your energy is just, you know, again, loving all of that and loving the future. So, and I know you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Well, I encourage everyone to read Aaron's piece. You can find it on our website. Um, it's titled Electric Vehicle Digital Control Systems Are the Next Technology Frontier for Distributed Electrical Grids. We'll also have a link to it in the description um, on this podcast. And thank you so much, Aaron, for joining us on the grid today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit subscribe and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on the grid, email us at podcast at zprime.com. For updates, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter or X at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Aaron Otan with editing by Dylan Lockwood and cover art by Mia Dance.